back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Peak Endurance Podcast with your host, Isabel Ross. As a personal trainer, accredited endurance coach, and now podcast host, Isabel is bringing you the best advice, tips, and tricks for your health and athletics. Having had raced all over the world, including participating in the notorious Barkley Marathons, she's now brought all of her knowledge and brought it back to you so you can now be an expert. So sit back, relax, and the knowledge you'll receive will have you off to the races. So you like running, but you're feeling pain or irritation and you can't enjoy it like you once did. Or worse, your performance is taking a big hit. Now you're reminiscing on the good times where the wind blew past your ears. Nature looked lovely as you passed it. What are you waiting for? Go and visit the specialist at Health and High Performance. With the latest in technology and a wealth of experience, the team at Health and High Performance can help you with all your running injury and performance needs. Let's get you back to doing something you love with the results you're capable of. Head over to healthhp.com.au slash run or you can find them on Instagram at Health High Performance. Health and High Performance are located in Mount Albert, Melbourne but are available for telehealth appointments not only Australia-wide but also around the world. So contact them now on their website to find out more. Hello and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast, coming to you today from the Holiday Inn at uh, Tullamarine Airport. Um, We are leaving for America tomorrow um, for Barclay. And the reason we're here at the Holiday Inn the day before is not because we're so excited about going and we just couldn't wait. It was because we had to come and get our PCR tests done um, within a 24-hour window before our flight, and there was a very nervous wait. But what was the result, Ron? The result was a resounding negative. The one time we want a negative result, and yes. this is it. So we are... We were, trying, we were trying to think positive but be negative. Yeah, that's right. And woohoo! <laughs> negative all the way. We don't have coronavirus <laughs> yet. Um, no, we won't get it because we are a picture of health. That's right, yes. We're... we're um, highly trained athletes. <laughs> That's it. Um, so what we are coming to you into your ears to talk about today and visually, if you are watching on YouTube, which there is always a YouTube um, video for all of the Peak Endurance podcast episodes. Um, I just lost my train of thought. I was so busy waffling. We are here to talk about my Barclay prep. A little while ago, I posted on um, all the usual social media spots um, that um, <clears throat> I would like questions for the Barclay prep so I could answer them and um, then we can um, go through them. I kind of haven't done it yet because I didn't want to jinx myself and put this podcast out before I got the PCR test done. And, you know, it's just one of those things. So that's why we're sitting on the bed. You can see the cushions behind us <laughs> um, because there's only one chair at the desk um, to do this um podcast now and if I'm waffling it's because I'm a little bit excited and if it's shaking which um it was a little bit there it's because I'm clearly wriggling without meaning to because we've got the camera on my standard holder but it's on my suitcase on the bed because the bed's a bit soft to hold the camera it's perched precariously so if it falls over (laughs) mid-interview we apologize (laughs) um highly professional here (laughs) But um, I hope you bear with us and totally understand. And, and maybe 
see it as a, as a snapshot into um, the life of us, as exciting as that life is. All righty. So, Ron, I have given you um, the sheet with all the questions, yes. and there was a lot. Some of them doubled up. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, if you wanted to, to even, start even if, us off. Even if the questions are doubled up, I'll still mention the names and, yes. and um, you know, what they asked specifically. So the very first one I'm going to go with is the obvious question from Adrian Bellin, and he asks, are you crazy? And the answer is? It, no. Mm, you sure? <laughs> of course you're not. Um, you know, and it's actually, you know, it's, it's a silly question. He was obviously asking it to be silly, but um, it is also a fair question because it is a crazy race and it is um, a really almost a little bit of a scary race because, you know, nobody wants to get lost out in the bush on their own, especially in the middle of the night. But it's, um, and this is uh, going back to something we were talking about today. I'll sort of mention it briefly about living a life, not always being comfortable and living a life well lived. And um, what I was talking about is, is, is you know, we get go through life and, and we like go, God, life went fast or days went fast or that year went fast. And that's because we kind of go through life on autopilot and go through everything on autopilot without really paying attention because we, we're so used to doing everything that we do and we need these challenges and these scary um, things that we do in life to slow down life, make us focus on what we're doing and, and give excitement to life and interest and something to look back on when we get older and go, wow, how cool that I did that rather than looking back going, what the heck happened? Where did life go? I don't even know, remember what I did half the time because all I did was get up, go to work, come home, eat my dinner, go to bed after watching two hours of Netflix, you know? So this is something that, um, yes, it's crazy, but thank God because otherwise... What else is there to do? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> a little um, bit of crazy is good. That's right. And it's good to dedicate yourself to, to a purpose. Um, you know, this this race is has been a big deal in yours and for that reason, my life as well mm. in recent times. We've put a lot of thought, a lot of training and a lot of effort into... And just mental energy. Yeah, into not only prepping you the best we can for the race itself, but the energy and mental fortitude that it's taken to actually you know travel internationally in um, these times um, the stress and the the hoops that you have to jump through and and even right up until an hour ago we still weren't absolutely sure that we we're going to be able to go because until we get that negative PCR test um, we'd be staying at home yeah. so um, yeah. it, it takes a lot of effort both physically and mentally yeah and that is almost a mentally all-encompassing um you know mindset to be in yeah it takes a lot of determination and and dedication yes and and you know it's it's and it's interesting with with something like this um as in we consider well i'm the athlete going to the barkley marathons and i've got to be dedicated but as my partner you've been dedicated to supporting me and um you know, like you do all the driving when we go out to those long trips to go and do the um, uh, <clears throat> navigation practice yeah. so I can focus just on keeping my energy for that and, you know, and, and I'll sleep in the car on the way home and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Um, so it really is a team effort even just getting me there. Yeah, that's right. 
next. Yeah. So next question, and this um, is a very similar question from two people. The first um, from Glenn Venar. Yep. Uh, what did you learn from your first experience there? And as a result, have you had to adapt anything in preparation this time around? And Jane Louise also asked, what did you do after last, um, the first time you did Buckland Marathons? Did you make notes about the course and nav? And if so, have you gone back to them? Jane Louise, I wish you told me that the first time. I should have done that. I was relying on my awesome memory. Um, <laughs> and I say Jane Louise, just Jane. Um, sorry. Um, I didn't take notes because I thought I was, and I should have. I was obviously in a mood. I, I was purposely paying attention so I could. And, and I did write some notes, but I forgot where I put them, like, seriously. I think I, I was a little bit, because um, I know I did write notes now that I think about it. Um I was quite delirious after that, um, even the few weeks after. Um, <clears throat> so I have quite a good memory for things, and I, I was um, at the time making um, an effort to remember it, as in putting it in that part of the memory that I can bring back, which I have got. And I have, you know, but even when I finished, I didn't remember everything. I, I always do this in races. I don't actually remember it all, even though I'm trying hard to remember it. I don't know what it is about racing, but something does that. I think it's how my brain helps me get through the long distances and the long hours yep. is by just not, once again, going through autopilot so it doesn't seem so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. um, what am I going to, going back to Glenn's question yeah. and, and Jane's beginning question, what am I doing differently? Well, um, more nav practice <clears throat> mm -hmm. and um, not quite so much heels because, quite frankly, I've got, hills in my legs I, I know that I've kept up the hill work but um I focus more on fast hiking um because those hills nobody's running up them yep. um at least no one I I <laughs> know um so I know I'm, I know I'm going to be fast hiking them so that's what I'm training rather than I did still do running hill repeats and that sort of stuff but I also did a lot of focus on fast hill hiking so, yes, yeah, so basically lots more nav work and lots more hill hiking, but then also the rest of the time running more on the flat. The last time I just did all my runs in the hills, which doesn't keep your leg speed as well. So even though mm -hmm. I'm training for a maintenance um, race, there was still a lot of flat running yeah. for that reason. Um, and also, um, have you did you change your... Um, this is from Kushler Nickel. Yep. I'm hoping I said that correctly. correctly. Yep. Um, and uh, they're asking if you changed your training from the first attempt. Well, um, yeah, in that regard. That's what yeah. I did differently. I've, I've done more flat running or kept more flat running in because um, <clears throat> just doing hills, 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 hills just leads to you being slower. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so, and, and obviously I'm not, you know... <clears throat> I've done, you know, a fast marathon, sub three hour marathon. I'm not mm. talking that kind of fast yeah. um, because you can't train for that sort of fast whilst training to run a long distance. So there's, mm -hmm. the, you, you just can't. So yeah. although I'm, yeah, I'm running more flats, but more specific hills, being more specific yeah. and judicious with my use of hills, not just hills and that's it. Yeah. So, yeah. And how do you feel that the nav, like how do you feel navigation wise, What's changed from the first attempt um, to 
to how you're feeling about just this more attempt. repeated efforts at it um not so sporadic just going out there we were going out every weekend somewhere yeah. you know and and just that continuous and focusing like when we would do it together because towards the end I was doing it on my own talking about the lay of the land looking at the map trying to relate it to what we're seeing in front of us and um and that sort of stuff whereas yeah. before I just do the compass and follow the arrow and not even think about, well, what does that tell me? Like, you know, um, it, are we in the gully? Are we in a, on a ridgeline? Just, yeah. just following the compass blindly, which, you know, that you need to be able to do that too, to a certain extent, but you need to be able to combine them together and go, okay, this is my bearing, but the map also says I'm going to go over, um, go through three gullies before I get to the final gully kind yeah. of thing, you know, yeah. and, and count the gullies and, and do that sort of stuff. And you're going to pass to the left of a, of a yeah. hill peak. Or yeah. Something like that. yeah, yeah, a knoll will be on the left yeah. and, and or, a, mm. or a waterway or whatever it is yeah. and doing that sort of stuff mm -hmm. and also recognising that as careful as you are with creating your bearings, um, it is very easy to be a little bit off and, and that tiny bit off, the further you've got to go, becomes further off. Mm -hmm. And so still keeping your eyes open when you're getting close to where you think you should be, knowing that you're not going to just necessarily hit it bang on. Sometimes you yeah. do, but it's not always. Yeah, so you're not going to trip over trip yeah. over the point. You actually have to look sideways a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, Larry Kelly and uh, Nikki Wind um, have asked, how are you preparing? This is a big deal. Mm. How are you preparing for winter conditions? Because considering um, it's summer here and we've actually been training in 30-plus degree temperatures. And it's been horrible. <laughs> I would yes. rather be training in the cold. Um, how? By treating the heat training as training to suffer. And um, I can suffer in heat, so I can suffer in cold. At the end of the day, training in heat, you can never it's not the same as cold it's just yeah. not it's better than going from training in the cold to, to racing in the heat though mm -hmm. um because i because you that's a horrible change yeah. to make yeah. but training in the heat and then going to the cold that's a lot easier mm -hmm. and i personally prefer the cold i'm used to after having lived in canada although that was a while ago now i know what it feels like to run in the cold i'm experienced at that and I have the gear for it now after having been in Canada. Mm -hmm. So I'm not so, I'm really not so concerned about it. Yes, it might be a little bit harder, but you know what? Racing is hard. That's right. <laughs> you know, and I've got lots and lots of layers, um, <clears throat> lots of puffies for running in, lots of waterproof jackets. Mm -hmm. um, I've spent a fortune on those sorts of things, you know. So, yeah. <clears throat> and at the end of the day, just once it's, it's like with any race just got to do what you can do that's right i mean a, a, the good thing you know if you're training in the summer um you know there's a, there's only so much you can take off to cool down yeah um at least in the winter like in, in cooler conditions you can actually layer up and, yeah. and keep warm keep although warmer. in saying that you know like when and nikki is one of the people who asked this question <clears throat> when Nikki was doing um, Coast to Cozzy and her clothes got all wet and we ran out of layers to give her that were dry mm. and she could not get warm, so she had to pull out of the race due to cold. So mm. um, that is a thing. But Nikki's the kind of person who likes hot races and hot weather, so yeah. she doesn't like the cold, whereas I prefer the cold. Mm -hmm. So um, it is possible to get to the point, but I think I've taken got enough clothes 
Mm-hmm. And the beauty of the Barclay is people are happy to share stuff. And, and yeah. you know, if it got to that point, I'm sure someone would lend me something. But, yes, at least that way you can put on more clothes. And movement creates heat. So as long as yeah. you keep moving, hopefully you are warm enough. Yep. So, yeah. And, and mm-hmm. once again, at the end of the day, if I become so cold that I can't continue on, then that's what happens. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. doing yeah. the best you can. That's that's all that, that matters. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, next question, Andrew Lorenzo and Little Runner Vista. Yep. Are they two separate people? Yep. Yeah. Um, they have asked, what does your nutrition look like? Do you have any idea of calories between laps or will you try and go by feel? What's your favourite food you are bringing? How, uh, I, it says, I know that's like three questions, but I figured how can I enter is off the table. <laughs> Oh, yes, Andrew, hey, Andrew, Andrew wanted to, yeah, yeah hey, to enter is definitely <laughs> off the table. <laughs> um, so, yes. So, so that, that won't be one of the questions I'm asking, I'm afraid. Yes, that's right. Or that I'll be answering. <laughs> um, <clears throat> nutrition is a really tricky one for me because um, I've had um, nutrition issues all my life, even before I was a runner. Um, and we were discussing that today when I, um, when I ordered an almond milk chai because I can't have dairy um you know um i have a sugar intolerance so that makes um a lot of foods um difficult because a lot of foods have sugar in them naturally Mm -hmm. um so i just do the once again i do the best i can and i do my nutrition by feel i will have food with me because i have to take food out long enough for a decent amount of time but it needs to be lightweight spring energy gels which they do have fructose in them and and other sugars but they're more natural. I find the less processed something is, the better it is for me. <clears throat> I can eat a certain amount of sugars. And sometimes I can eat heaps and I'm fine. Other times I can't. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just the most portable food. I can't be taking yeah. a whole picnic table with me, you know. So, um, but I'll be taking real foods and then we will have real food um, at the campsite yeah. for when I hopefully come in between laps. Yeah, what, what, what some people don't realise is that as um, with Barclay, there's no aid stations or no, no aid of any kind mid-lap. So mm. basically you have to take out enough food for the 20-plus, however however many miles it turns out to be each yeah. lap. You need to take out enough yeah. nutrition for that entire and, lap. And water. I mean, there is a couple of water spots, but, you know... Um, that's all there is, is just yeah. some water, some jugs, plastic jugs with water. So um, there can be up to, well, literally up to 12 hours of yeah, activity okay. without that you have to support yeah, myself. In, one, in one bag. So it needs to be calorie dense um, and, and easy to carry and not creating too much rubbish and all that sort of stuff. So the spring energy gels are great. Then I'm, I'm also guessing I'll, we'll buy some bars and stuff yeah. over there and we'll make sandwiches, you know, peanut mm-hmm. butter and jam sandwiches. We've got our Vegemite, mm-hmm. um, very important. Yeah. Yeah, and basically um, when she comes back into the um, start-finish area, I I'll, will I'll, literally just have to give her options yeah. um, because the, once again, there'll be no communication. No, I won't be able to um, message him going, I'm feeling like yeah. this. So there's I'll, no phones allowed. So I'll just have to prepare some options and. And not get offended when I don't. Yeah. Want when, when she has one mouthful and says, no, I don't want that any more of that. I just have to put that to the side and go for the next one. <laughs> so yeah, it's all about options and being flexible. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yep. And definitely being flexible yep. for both of us. And maybe I'll just have to suck it up and eat, just eat whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. The next one is, uh, sorry, there it is. Um, how, uh, how are you preparing your crew? What, this is from Meg's Oh, sorry. This is from Meg's Ha and also partly from Mark Grimer as well. Grimer. Um, Grimer, sorry. Uh, how are you preparing your crew and what preparations are they doing to keep you going? And the second question from Mark Rimmer is, do you need more crew? <laughs> <laughs> and lots of people did ask that, <laughs> obviously as a joke. Yes. Um, I'm only allowed one crew member, okay? That's me. Yes, that's you. That's me. And so that's Ron's job. Um, so one crew. So how am I preparing you? Well, how I've prepared Ron is um, got him to crew for me for the 291 Seven Peaks kilometre, Seven Peaks run and the 250 kilometre run into the city. And, and I think you've learnt a lot from those, don't we, you think, to yes, help? we absolutely learnt some very valuable lessons on those. And, and luckily, you know, because we were on the move and um, we had a, a car with us, we were always able to be flexible in, you know. Yeah. But what are you going to do at, you know, at the campground, you know? Well, I mean, once I head off, you've got hours. You can yeah. go and grab whatever from the yeah. shop. But, you know, Wartburg is not exactly the, um, you know. Uh, it's not Chadston. No, <laughs> no it's not Chadston. Yeah. Um, thank God. <laughs> um, so, you know, what are you going to do if I, if everything, like if I'm like, oh, I don't want that. Like, what are you going to do? Well, obviously, it gets to a point. Um, it's not a cafe, so when I say there'll be options and there'll be prepared options, there comes a point where you're just going to have to suck it up and have one of them. Yeah, that's right, <laughs> and that's right, and that and that's it. And um, I mean, and and um, what are you going to do? Uh, or what have you like? Because you've experienced this as well. When I'm going, I'm feeling, yeah, I'm feeling horrible. Yeah, you know. So it, yeah, and and it's all about. Um, giving a positive vibe yeah you know and i find you have a very calming effect like you are very calm about everything and yeah. i that <clears throat> absorbs into me yeah i mean the last person a runner who is um in in the hurt locker and and is you know losing faith in themselves and is full of doubts the last thing they need to hear is yeah you're right <laughs> <laughs> so yeah maybe you should give up <laughs> yeah so obviously there's a lot of um, you know, positive, Lying, positive um, talk yeah. and, and, and telling someone who looks like rubbish yeah. that they look great and they're doing well. Yeah. And, you know, just hiding all the mirrors, basically. Yeah. And, and that's that's actually metaphorically and, you know, um, physically hiding the mirrors, you know, trying to not let, if, if they're feeling terrible, um, not letting them, experience that terribleness within themselves you know through you yeah you know all, all that they need to to experience through you is positivity and encouragement and um that i think is the most important thing apart from the feeding and and you know watering and yeah and that stuff the most most important thing that you can give a runner is um positive vibes and i don't know i just always find that I would look forward to seeing you because it wasn't just the positive, but like I said, the calming and, and because I start to sometimes get a little bit overwrought 
mm-hmm. um, with thinking about things and, and you would just calm me down and go, no, no, it's okay, you know, yeah. and, and make me focus on the important things through calming down as opposed to getting scatterbrained from yeah. overthinking. So, and, and the other thing is also that I'll, I'll be trying to do is just have everything laid out and ready so that, um, you know, so that I don't feel panicked when Isabel is, you know, in front of me. Once again, like she just said, um, if I give off a vibe of frazzlement and oh my god, then yeah. that you know is automatically reassuring Isabel that things are out of control. Yeah. So the most important thing for me is to look like I'm in control, look like nothing that she throws at me is unexpected. Not physically growing. <laughs> no, no, no. And and just you know, I don't want that. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. And, and just you know being in control or at least giving the vibe that everything is under control. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, the uh, uh, Greg Brown has asked uh, has or has said, sleep deprivation is my main setback in long races. How are you preparing for a, six, a, a potential 60-hour race? Well, looking back and saying I've done, you know, like the, the seven peaks were 67 hours, yeah. you know, I've done this before. Um, the... the other one was like 52 hours or whatever, yeah. you know, and, and that was no sleep. So I've done this before. My I know my body can, I know I can do it. I know I, that's the only thing. I don't like it. It's not, um, to be honest, I don't like sleep deprivation. It's not, it's definitely not one of my favourite things. It's one of my least favourite things about, about these sorts of things. But just knowing it's not forever. It's only for a couple of days if, you know, God <laughs> willing, God willing, Um it's not forever and then I will get to sleep and, you know, I will yeah. eventually get to have a sleep and it will eventually end and and that's, but but even that, you know, maybe I might have to put my head down for a five-minute don't nap mm-hmm. if it gets too out of control because, like I was saying on that um, Mind Focused Runners YouTube um, interview, sometimes what it is is it's overstimulation into your brain and you just need to close your eyes. It's not so much that you're tired, it's that you're, your brain's like, I, I need to stop all this information coming in so I can reboot. And, and just lying down, even if I don't sleep, just for five minutes, just shut the eyes. And that's can honestly be enough. Mm-hmm. I've yep. tried shutting my eyes while I'm running, but that generally doesn't work too well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Judy Sen yep. has asked, is it true that he, meaning Laz, changes the course every year so that you don't know exactly what or where you're going until you line up at the start line? I also heard you don't know what time you're starting until he sounds the horn. Is that true? Yes. So first of all, start, it, it, it's like um, he sounds the conch and then you have one hour from that time. This is one of the elements that I do find particularly difficult. I like to know the start time so I can be organised within my head, but, you know, that's part of it. Every aspect of Barclay um, is designed to make things uncomfortable and and challenging for the runner, and that's definitely a challenge. Yes, he changes the course every year. There are elements that are kept the same, some, some elements. That's why the virgins want to latch on to a, a veteran, um, but um, it's not the same course every year. He makes it, um, he changes it, makes it more difficult uh, if someone's finished it, but just generally changes it year to year, small tweaks, small changes, just so nobody can 100% know where to go. Right, and and just to double back on the um, 
how how do you know exactly where to go? You know, if he changes it, then how yeah. how you know, obviously he doesn't publish a map online. Um, how do you know <laughs> where you download and put on a Venza maps? Yeah, <laughs> I wish. Um, he has a master map that we um, copy from. So the master map goes up on a main table and you're not allowed to take photos of it, um, obviously, because that so easily get put on social media, I guess. Yeah. Um, and um, you have to copy from his map onto your own map, which is, um, you know, in risky in it of itself because it depends on your copying skills yeah. or whatever. Um, so copying the map and then you have a map. And, of course, there are no course markings. There's sometimes no trails. So the course that is shown, you have to figure it out from map and compass as well. Some of it is yeah. on trails, of course. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Not all of it. Okay. Um, um, and in that respect, Matthew Cogman has asked, have you or will you contact a veteran to try and organise doing the first loop with them to assuage any nervousness about navigation? I would love to latch on to a veteran who knows more of the course than me i did that last time but he was more of a walking pace kind of person so um by the time i met up with them because i'd gotten lost so many times but that was when I, my nav wasn't as good so i'm hoping to be a bit quicker now and yes i want to but i haven't contacted anyone because it's a whole it's a it's all the um international runners that are the um rollovers from COVID, so I don't necessarily know any of them. Right. Yes. Yeah, so. And so really what, what the question should be is, has anyone contacted you to see how much onto you? Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm not really a veteran <laughs> um, doing it once. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, nobody's contacted me. Clearly no one is that confident <laughs> in my abilities, <laughs> including yeah. me. Um. <laughs> Laney, Laney runs. Yeah, so just Laney. Laney, yeah. yeah um, has, asked, has asked, in the current GPS reliance world we live in, how have you coped with and adapted your training to um, your navigation without watch, phone, Yeah, it, it's a funny thing because, yes, I've had to just use the map and compass and, um, you know, it's kind of good to, to know that I can. Like I used to have to, for many of the Australian races, part of mandatory kit was having a map and compass. And I used to put it in my mandatory kit and show, yep, got my map and compass. And then it's wasted weight in my pack because God knows I don't know how to use it. If I got yeah. lost, that lot of use it was. Yeah. But now I know that I can use a map and compass. Um, and um, it's just good to know that I can. Yeah. Um, and, and, yes, it's not that hard to give up the, the GPS for that sort of thing at the end of the day. Really, yeah. it's not. You know, did you find it like? Yeah. Um Sometimes I it was hard when we'd get a little bit lost. You just wanted to look on your phone no, no. and the maps. But we were, we were pretty good in training in not doing that, yeah. in, in actually just sticking to the map and compass and not, and not resorting to GPS. Yeah. We, um, I mean, I, because I wasn't actually training for Barclay myself, I would sneak a peek at my watch, like for, for um, distances, for distance wise. Um, because as Isabel knows, I'm hopeless at judging distance. Oh I'll, I'll always... There's something I call Ron miles, which are completely different to standard <laughs> yep. miles. Because everything is just, you know, a couple of kilometres up there, which turn out to be like 10 kilometres. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm hopeless at that. So yeah. I, I would generally sneak a peek at my watch. But particularly late in Isabel's training, she's been um, not using that. She's been using steps and... Um, and um, 
record like a recorder that she attaches to her pack yeah bill flower got me onto that it's like a little um <clears throat> little bead thing and they glow in the dark so yep. it'll be good for night and every hundred steps um or a hundred you know meters which is you know probably more than a hundred steps anyway i'm not going to go into it. it's more than a yeah. hundred steps but it depends you know whether i'm running or walking and then I'll click that over and then, uh, you know, 10 of those, it's one kilometre. And, geez, that makes yeah. it so much easier because when you're tired, you forget what you're counting yeah. up to. Was that 300? Was that 500? I wouldn't have a clue. Yeah. So um, that's helped heaps. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, it is hard sometimes when you feel that urge, I just want to check, I just want to check, mm -hmm. but then to just trust yourself. And not, more often than not, just trusting myself mm -hmm. is, is good enough. Yeah. Uh, Cuffy has asked, uh, how do you go about the mental side, knowing that it's that it's pretty impossible to finish? Do you focus on that or will you uh, on, on that you will be the 16th finisher or that you're just there to experience it? Yeah. Um, you know, no woman's ever finished it or really come close. So statistically, if you look at it that way, the chances of me finishing are pretty remote. Mm. Um, and I'm not being negative here. I'm, I'm being um, factual and realistic. <clears throat> In saying that, there's no point going to Barclay going, oh, well, I'm just going to go and do one lap. You know, I'm going there because I want to do really well and I want to do more than one loop. I'd love to do three loops. I'd love to finish. Um, but ment mentally, I have to prepare myself for the fact that chances are I won't. And you know what? It's actually almost a little bit freeing because it's like, well, pff, you know, it's freeing knowing that other people haven't been. If everyone else could finish it, it'd be kind of a bit, oh, Oh, I hope I can. But yeah. knowing that it's so hard for everybody, it makes it, it well, that that's just the way it is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it takes yeah. the pressure off, if anything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. And and finally, um, Jason Wynn um, had, in that same vein, mm -hmm. how do you feel about being the first woman to finish Barclay? <laughs> well, like I said, statistically, it, the, ch the, the chances of me being, you know, but someone has to be at some point. Well, well yeah. maybe. Um, especially because Laz does make it harder every year whenever a man does finish, that makes it, once again, statistically harder for a woman to finish it. Mm -hmm. And it's not being sexist, it's being realistic. Well, obviously, you know? no woman has ever finished it. So you can't. So the, yeah. the proof is in the pudding. That's right. So, and it's not because women are, you know, Laz is trying to prove that women are weaker or whatever. It's not got nothing to do with that. He's not. Laz wants a woman to finish it. That's he right. He's, a, he's on record as saying that he would yeah. love for a woman to yeah. finish it. Yeah, but, um, you know, um, I think uh, I've forgotten her name, Jasmine, something. She's going to be there this year, and she's she finished the spine. I think she. I think it was a spine. She beat all the men, and that's navigation and everything. So um, mm -hmm. she may be the first woman finisher. If, if anyone, I think um, she is the most likely mm -hmm. um, to be the first woman finisher. Um, but once again, you know, things happen out there, and and who knows? And and that's that's the that I find having because we've we've watched a fair bit about Barclay in recent times. Yeah. You know, trying to get into the right mindset and whatnot, and it's. It's essentially it's two very different races. Um, it's um, you see people who are expert navigationalists and they don't quite you know they they get three laps in and they're physically yeah. um, spent, and you get people who are superb mountain runners and you know seemingly can run for days and days and days, and they get lost on the first lap and can't yeah. finish the first lap. Yeah. So it's it's um, two vastly different skills that mm. you need to bring together 
um, to complete this race. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that's why the training for this is so all encompassing mm. and uh, it's just, yeah, it's exhausting. And to be honest, I'll be glad to have a little break and just focus on just training, just yeah. training to, to run a race yeah. um, because it is mentally exhausting as well as physically exhausting as all training should be, you know, like you have to recognize that training for a hard race is physically tiring and physically exhausting. And you're always going to be a little bit tired. Well, this is also mentally draining. So it's mm -hmm. always a little bit mentally tiring too. Yeah. But in saying that, I would not have missed this opportunity for the world. Yep. And, and I recognize it as a fantastic opportunity and I'm extraordinarily lucky to be one of the people that has been allowed to enter. And um, I'll be forever grateful that I have gone to now two Barclay marathons. And when in my wildest dreams, I never would have even thought I'd go to one. So, you know, and once again, it's not just luck. I've worked bloody hard to get into this position. You know, it's not, I didn't just luck into it. I yeah. um I've worked bloody hard and that's you know and I'm yeah, yeah for many years and I'm proud of myself for that um I am a hard worker so um you know but I I am yeah grateful to be in this position and you know um but that doesn't mean that I'm necessarily going to be the best at it or finish it or mm -hmm. or be the worst at it I don't know I'm just going to do the best I can and yep. and see it as a a challenge um and and just an amazing event and how fortunate I am to be involved in it and, and just yep. hope for the best and, and do my absolute best, whatever that is. Yeah, that's right. And that's what we've spoken about, you know, in recent times about expectations and how we're going to go. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've said that I know that you're an extremely strong and determined person and runner. And I know that whatever happens out there, you'll have given it your best go, yeah. um, regardless of the outcome. That yeah. there's no question in my mind that um, whatever happens out there, you'll have given it your absolute best. Yeah, and you know, and if I don't go well, it'll be a, a bit disappointing. But if that's my best on the day, then that's my best on yeah. the day. And and you know, who knows what the Barclay Marathon gods will throw yeah. at us that day you know yeah. um and and like they is quite obvious some years nobody finishes so yeah. you know I just think I've got to stay remain positive about it because I don't last time I did get a little bit um overwhelmed with it all and and this time I want to just see it as as an awesome challenge that I can just do my best at at the end of the day yeah. you know hmm. Excellent. And and to finish up, um, just um, what would you like to say to all those people who have wished you well? And yeah, you know, and just thank you to everyone for all your well wishes. And and I really appreciate it. And and I'm going to do my absolute best, you know. But um, yeah, who knows? Who knows? But thank you all, and and for everyone's support and being so kind. And and I really appreciate it. And you're going to be posting as much as will, humanly yep. possible on yep. Facebook. So um, mm -hmm. if you haven't friended Ron yet. <laughs> yeah, friend me. I will be obviously tagging Isabel yeah, into he'll, he'll all be the tagging posts. Me. So, so um, if you're yeah. friends with me on Facebook, you will, um, you'll see those tagged posts. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, you know, and, and I'm sure, but obviously, you know, there's no mobile reception at the park itself or at the campground. So Ron's got to go down to the visitor centre and um, 
you know, that may not be possible that often. And really, yeah. he's not going to get updates that often himself. No, that's right. For, so. for most of the time, um, yeah, I won't know anything yeah. or know much more than I mean, you'll basically, else, so. after I start, you'll probably go down and, yeah. and post that I've started and, yep. you know, you'll maybe take a photo and yeah. put that up and that sort of stuff. And then it'll be radio silence that's for a while. That's right, it will, yeah. I'll be, I'll be either sleeping in the van or drinking beers at the campfire with all, all <laughs> yeah. my new friends. That's right. <laughs> And throw me a throw me a beer when I come through. Yeah, that's right. There's, there's your nutrition. And then uh, traveling back to Australia by myself. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah. So, um, yeah. Thanks to everyone, and and I hope I do well. Um, but you know, who knows? We'll have to see. Whatever. I'm just wrapped that I'm, especially with the negative PCR test. I'm just excited that we're actually going to get to the start line. First there hurdle was, crossed. There was actually a squeal of delight when we got the message. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was so scared. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like, oh, honestly, God, mm -hmm. it's been stressful. It's been unbelievably stressful, um, you know, to pack and do everything and know that after all this training and everything and that it could just get, nope, you can't go. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so anyway, thank you for the questions. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you find the podcast interesting. Um, I will um, be putting out more podcasts probably when, upon my return. I'm going to be having a bit of a break. It's it's hard work putting out this podcast week after week. It's it's lots of work. It may not it may only be forty five minutes to you. It's hours of work for me. So um, a little bit of a break while we have a bit of a holiday um, because we'll be going to Canada afterwards and visiting all my old stomping grounds there. Um, and a um, bit of a break and and there'll be a catch up afterwards. I mean I don't know. Maybe I will put something out. Who knows? But I doubt it. Um, so enjoy this and. Um, Please, you know, I would love it if you could rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. It really does make my day and it, it you know, extends the reach of the podcast so more people can, you know, see it, hear it, whatever the, it is. So thank you, Ron, for joining me. And, and thank you for having me. More podcasts in the future will be more um, training discussion and uh, Ron will be coming on more because it helps to have someone to bounce ideas off. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, enjoy your running, everybody, and um, send me positive vibes, and hopefully we will have a good result to share with you at the end. Hopefully. Yes, fingers crossed. Yes. All right. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. And I will stop. <laughs>